Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with you in Oilers Now. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow Sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff Oilers Now sent you. A uh, gentleman who, when he's in Edmonton, and he's here quite a bit during the course of the regular season, John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers, frequents Roos Chris on a regular basis. John, how are you doing? That's, you're doing yeah, all right? They treat me very well. They treat you very well? That's good. I'm glad somebody does when you come to Edmonton. Yeah, good point. <laughs> hey, just before we get to hockey, we got to talk a bit about what happened yesterday. Did you catch yourself yeah. uh, moving away from the Islanders game against Pittsburgh, watching the theater around Tiger? Is that uh, uh, tournament closed? Uh, well, I, I can, you know, I have a little bit of a, uh, a, a studio, so I can watch a few more games and more events right. than one at a time. But certainly, um, I was glued to what was happening in Augusta, and and partly for the history of it, the history of of the comeback, um, and then for the style of of quality of production because it's the best. And unfortunately, Bob, it's still in my it's still in my veins at times. So um, yeah. I just and I have some friends at CBS that work on that show, and it's just it was just marvelous theater. It was just marvelous theater and human and real and raw, and uh, the walk that uh, that Tiger took from hug, after hugging uh, Joe Lacava all the way to uh, Butler Cabin to me was as electric a television as you're going to see, and that's what sports does. On, on a regular basis so many times and so well. Well, uh, when we first met and I was an insignificant nobody and I still am an insignificant nobody, I mean, you were the senior executive producer for Hockey in Canada at that time. So yeah. you've got an appreciation for the TVN. I mean, I've said numerous times in the various machinations of shows that I've had that I think the best produced event on TV has often been the Masters. Uh, and it, And of course... It didn't need to uh, make a story because it had one fall on its lap yesterday. Was wow. It was awesome, wasn't it? And really, let's, let's face it, um, the Tiger story 
was so overwhelming. It overshadowed Brooks Kepka missing a nine-foot putt to tie him, and it overshadowed uh, Molinaro's absolute collapse on the back nine. Sure. Uh, and and around that included was he was very good except for the two double bogeys, and and he should have he should have won the tournament going away. Uh, but Tiger and and the response and the resurgence and you know let's face it, t- Tiger Woods. Uh, on a personal and a uh, professional golf basis, has uh, ridden the roller coaster like no other, uh, and it's so uh, you, you don't have to like him uh, to be in absolute awe of what happened yesterday. All right, let's switch focus uh, now. You tweeted something out. Uh, Todd McClellan uh, is in Los Angeles today. Rob Blake, yeah. by the way, has been out west a lot. Uh, I believe he took in three of the six games that Saskatoon and Prince Albert played. Kirby Dock ranked third out of Fort Saskatchewan uh, by Central Scouting, right in the King's wheelhouse with their pick there. Um, and you tweeted something out in terms of what might happen contract-wise moving forward. So maybe well, you can educate our so, listeners on that. Yeah, so so and, and the exact same thing happened with Joel Quinville with Florida and Chicago. So when, when the official request for permission is given uh, to talk to Todd, um, and, and Todd, you know, until uh, until July 1st of 2020 is under contract to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, there has to be a negotiation about how much will the Oilers continue to pay, how much will the Kings pay in this uh, last year of Todd's Oiler contract. So those negotiations, and they are negotiations because if they don't come to any fruition, then both sides go to the league office in New York and have Bill and Gary mediate the what would be fair uh so uh, the uh by thursday night last thursday night the oilers and the kings had finished the agreement that uh the percentage that will still be paid by the oilers and the percentage that will be paid now by the los angeles kings if todd and i should say if officially but i would assume now it's when todd signs as coach of the kings sometime this week all right so what percentage do you think that is? Let's assume it's a five-year deal, and let's assume. But, that but it, the, the Oilers are only on the hook for the first year, right? Right. Yes. So, uh, so who, who knows? I mean, like, Joe, like for instance, Joel Quinville's deal, which was paying him six and a half million dollars. Um, you know, Chicago's still paying four point two in this first year hmm. um, of the of the deal with with Florida. Uh, then the then the Panthers inherit all of the monies that, that Joel has negotiated with them. So I, it would, it, it, I don't have a number, Bob, um, but I, I would suspect that um, at a certain point, to be fair to both, it's probably you know close to 50%, but I, I really don't know. So there's no way if the Oilers weren't, con- and you say it's already been negotiated, so it's a moot point. It's done. They've they've yep. got they've got a perce- they've got a percentage agreement. Todd would not be on a plane, I don't think. Uh, if uh, Todd would not be on the plane. Uh, if it was done, okay. If uh, it wasn't done, rather, John Shannon. What do you hazard a guess? Four million a year. Does that sound right? I it may be a hair high, but pretty close. Yeah, yeah, around there. He was just making over three in Edmonton. So. Yeah, and he got an escalator when Edmonton made the playoffs two years ago, right? That's usually how those are built in. Yeah, they coaches don't. Uh, they're not cap controlled. They can't. They can get bonuses. <laughs> yes. And then their and then their contract subsequently can rise as well in the process. Yep. We're joined yep. by John Shannon. John, um, 
Nazem Kadri, Jake DeBrusque. Uh, Nazem got a pretty good pop in on Jake in game one, and Jake was going at him all game, and Nazem gives as good as he gets. Yep. Um, but let's face it, Kadri went way too far. You can't you can't cross check a guy in the face. Are we looking at a nope. fight? Uh, he's he's going through the hearing right now. It's in Toronto. We know he's not playing in or sorry in New York. So we know he's not playing yeah. in Toronto tonight. Is he going to get five games here? Is he going to get the rest of the potential series? I think it could get more, uh, simply because if you look at his history, uh, he got four games in a regular season game two years ago against the Red Wings for a similar style cross check to Glendening. Uh, obviously, the three games he got in the playoffs last year uh, for hitting Tommy Wingles from behind and in the head uh, in uh, early in the series against the Bruins at almost identical spot on the ice at TD Garden. Um, I would not be surprised. I mean, the, 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 fact that, the, fact that, the fact that they have invited him in person means they can suspend him for six or more. So they wanted that leeway through the hearing to have the ability to say, okay, it's seven or eight games. Um, my gut says seven. Wow. Uh, it might be higher, but and it might be as low as five. Uh, but certainly I think Kadri is uh, is done for uh, for this series. Um, is this, could he potentially be in play in the offseason because of this? Because some might say, well, some might say it's a pretty selfish act on his part. I'll tell you what, uh, I am not defending uh, uh, Nazem Kadri. Uh, or, sorry, i got to get this right. Nazem Kadri. I gotta, uh, Bob Cole will give me heck if I don't say it right. Nazem Kadri. Um, I'm not defending him, uh, but when, uh, when you looked at his successes in the last couple of years, not this year, he did not play well this year, he is a very effective player when he's under control. The bottom line is, like the guys like... You know, the Steve Downies of the world, Brad Marchand of the world. You know, w- when will he be 100% under control? And that becomes the risk-reward. I-, I don't imagine at any time in Marchand's early years when he was ticking everybody off in the league office and getting suspended for low hits on guys like Sammy Sallow that the Bruins were prepared to trade him. I can't imagine yeah. I can't imagine the Maple Leafs would be willing to let him go. He's very, very cap-friendly at just over $4 million and can still be a very effective player. I think it, he, it, doesn't you know, make sense. it doesn't make sense for me to, for that the Leafs would put him in play. I thought he was the Leafs' best player before that happened in that game. He was in, he was in the grease and the gut of the game. They, they had some other guys that didn't show up. He was there. And the frustration is that third period, Bob, even if you're sitting on your sofa in St. Albert, you could feel the momentum of the game changing at 3-1. Yeah. Nylander, Hyman, and Kadri as a line were doing really good things. And the Bruins were on their heels until that. Uh, and uh, and by, the, by the way, I, I, I love the, the game Jake DeBrusque played, too. So, so did I. I love the game he played. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't think it was a dirty hit, that, the, the knee on knee that he had Nor with Kadri I. out of the penalty box. It was a good legal hit that he made on Marlowe. Um, and, you know, what happened, what happened after that with the cross-check to the face was certainly suspendable by Kadri, and he lost his cool, and it was stupid. Yeah, I agree. You know, now, all that being said, so since Toronto can't match the physicality of Boston, should they just focus on skating and playing and use their strengths to learn? There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. You saw, you saw the contrast of this series in between games one and two. 
You know, the Leafs used their speed and their long passes. Now, the Bruins adjusted. The Bruins adjusted to the stretch passes. But at the same time, if the Maple Leafs use their speed, I don't think the Bruins will be able to compete with them. If if the, the Leafs are unable to get out of their own zone and the Bruins can pin them on the boards, then it's all Bruins. Agreed. Hey, uh, what's happened to Tampa Bay here? Are we seeing a byproduct of the fact, and maybe you could assert this with Boston to a degree, um, and, and maybe the Islanders, we're seeing teams that play a firm, hard, competitive te- uh, game, and Columbus and the Islanders do that under experienced coaches. They can, you know, they can be trouble for teams that have got some high-end skill, but maybe not quite the same depth. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah, yeah. I had, I had I talked to a couple of NHL coaches this morning, and and they said it all it does is goes proves that you know um, working the boards, being physical, uh, still still can win in in this league. And and what's happening now is now people are going and finding big players that are fast. Yes. You know, in the old days, big players weren't necessarily fast, and now they are. Uh, so you can play a physical style and win the boards, and then the puck possession out of your own zone, and and you've got a chance. I mean, the best example to me was that uh, was the uh, second goal for Columbus, the power play goal by Bjorkstrand. They tried and tried and tried to get out of uh, and get into the Tampa zone by just dumping it in, and it didn't work. All they, the final time they carried it in, it was that. And, and next thing you know, Bjorkstrand's got a, an, an easy shot from the from the far side to, to beat uh, Vasilevsky. So it's all about zone entries and slugboard board play. And if you can do that, you're, you you have a chance to win. Particularly if your goalie and the other goalie are equal of equal status. And Vasilevsky, what I couldn't blame him last night at all. And, and of course, Bobrovsky's been brilliant after the first period of Game One. So Tampa Bay, they've got to get Braden Point re-signed. They're going to have some cap challenges moving forward. Could there be an opportunity there because of what's happened for Edmonton? Oh, I, I don't for, think so. I, no? no, for Edmonton, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I think that this will be looked at as. I mean, it's going to be a tragic event for the people in, in Tampa. Um, and, you know, they, they're going to go from being the most famous team in hockey right now to the most infamous team in hockey right now. Uh, and and for, for that, you have to shake your head. But, you know, they're, they're still, you know, Victor Hedman hasn't play, didn't play last night. He's not probably going to play in game four. Anton Strawman's banged up. Alex Kaloran missed the last 10 minutes of the, of the third period uh, and is doubtful for game four. Uh, I think there are enough for what uh, what they can't do right now that I don't think it will change the game plan for uh, uh, for Julian Brisebois at all in signing players. So you don't think the Lightning look at maybe adding a little bit of muscle moving forward, knowing what's happened here? No, in this? Uh, no I don't. Okay. I, I don't see it at all. I, okay. I really don't. Okay. I mean, I think that they think they have enough muscle with Hedman and Chernak back on the blue line. Okay. John Shannon joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Gil Scott represents Barry Trotz. Uh, you know, if you're Gil, you're trying to shop your guy a bit last year. The Islanders look like geniuses, that combination of Lou Lamarillo and uh, Barry Trotz. I mean, think about this, John. They lost their best player, and they're better. Why? Yeah. How have they done it? Well, goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. 
I mean, Robert Leonard is, to me, maybe by the time we get to the Stanley Cup final, if they're still alive, maybe the best story in hockey um, with his uh, with his coming out of uh, of his addictions uh, and focusing his life and being a better person as well as a better player. Uh, you know, the, the the defensive side of the puck and the structure that uh, Barry and, and um, his staff have put in place is remarkable. You don't go from allowing the most goals to the, having the and winning then the next year winning the Jennings Trophy without. It's unbelievable. Uh, with, it's without, unbelievable. It, 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 and, and when the Islanders, you know, when the Islanders were in Edmonton, I had a great chance to walk around that room and talk to a few of the guys. And to a man, they talked about accountability and process and structure. Um, and then talked to Barry about it. He says, "Listen, I, I I try not to be too tough on them." But I have the right to be able to walk in the room and say, guys, if we do these things, you might win this ring that I'm wearing right now. Uh, and, and the guys bought into that. I mean, he, let's face it, he has cachet. And if, and, and, and he can, if he can do and make Alex Ovechkin, who was the greatest goal scorer in the modern era, into maybe one of the most complete players of the modern era, then Barry Trotz has done a marvelous job. John Shannon joining us. John, just to wrap up, where are we at with, uh, we know that uh, you have your contacts in the Oilers organization. Where are we at with the GM search with Bob Nicholson? Well, I I suspect that uh, there have been interviews done uh, in Vancouver, interviews done here in Toronto. Uh, I suspect there are more interviews done. I I think they're probably about halfway through uh, before some level of a uh, decision is made, and what we're not sure of is whether they're going to go to a finalist list of, say, here's the top three candidates, or here's our guy. I think that that's the one thing that uh, we're not sure about at this point. Um, so from from that perspective, I, I guess uh, uh, the way to describe it is ongoing, uh, but closer now closer to the end than it is the beginning. Would you hazard a guess on to who the, if they did a top three list, who would be on that list? Yeah, I, you know what? It would be unfair of me because uh, I have not had enough contact with people to uh, to figure out what interviews have gone well and and who has lobbied on behalf of others uh, at the same time. But I don't think you know. I, I I do think that the the names, a lot of the names that we have talked about uh, over the last uh, thirty thirty five days, Bob, are still the names that are uh, in the running. When you think of Kelly McCrimmon, Mark Hunter, Mike Fuda. Ross Mahoney, those types of guys. Uh, one final one for you, because it happened Friday last week. I know he communicated with me uh, Saturday morning. Rolf Kruger, super positive energy guy, put a real uh, structure and process in, in Southampton, made that organization a lot of money. He was friends with the Swiss woman who inherited the team there. He left that organization. Of course, there was a sale, so that sometimes happens. Chairmans or CEOs get moved along. Could you see him returning to hockey at one point? Uh, I could. Uh, but the one thing I would tell you is that uh, Rolf has loved his time in Europe yes. both times. Um, and, uh, and if he's been that successful in Southampton, Something leads me to believe that somewhere else in the premiership that uh, somebody might be knocking on his door. And and uh, there might actually be more money in oh, there football. Is. Well, then, yes. then I don't know why he'd come home. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's uh, it, it's funny. I, I know. I mean, he took the time to shoot me back a text, and you know, he sure. appreciated his time. Hey, listen, he's a brilliant, he's a brilliant communicator. Yes, he is. He is a brilliant communicator with all of us and with and with his players. Uh, and we really got to we really got to see that uh, firsthand at the World Cup. Uh, when he coached Europe. I mean, he did a marvelous job. Well, and maybe you could shed I mean, they were in the dumper. They got smoked by uh, the the U24 Team North America team, and he basically had a, a come-to-Jesus moment with his players, did he? That, you know, look, you guys yeah. all represent countries that aren't good enough to compete in this. The only way we're going to get – how did he exactly say to you? I mean, he basically found a way to galvanize that group. Yeah, he did a, he did a mar- – and, I mean, and they, they ended up – you know, going to the final, and um, please make note: it was Yarrow Halak was the goaltender of record for that team, and he was brilliant through that whole tournament. Yeah, there you go, John. Great stuff. We'll hook up next Monday. Talk to you soon, Bob. You bet. That's John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's twelve fifty-four in Edmonton. You can text us at six thirty, six thirty. Dave Campbell's with us. Dave, I got to tell you this, uh, and we'll just go here until about fifty-six, and then we'll head off to the break. But the I was a guy, when Kruger got hired, I was like, we're hiring a guy out of Switzerland. Nobody protects the 2 nothing deficit like Switzerland. Like, they're so <laughs> defensive-minded. Yeah. Um, he, the, the guys loved him. The, the younger, you know, the, there was a real sense that, and, and it's not like he just handed the reins to Hall and Everly and Nugent I mean, he pushed those guys to be, better citizens and and more educated guys and um there you know there was this uh, i have my theories as to what happened and why craig mctavish who said at the end of the 2013 season matt had only been the gm for like six weeks said coaching's not an issue here and what changed over the next five weeks but mac t made a mistake that's all and by his own admission he said what happened wasn't fair but the guy is just, there's just certain people that uh, you rally around. And uh, he empowered for, if we got listeners right now under the age of 30, he didn't believe in breaking people down and building them up. He believed in creating a positive, uh, mature relationship where you didn't want to fail him because of how well he treated you. And I'll say this right now. If he'd stayed as Edmonton Oilers head coach, they would have been better in the short term. They would not have ended up getting Leon Drysettle and Connor McDavid. That's they would not have been drafted in those spots. So everything happens for a reason. But he's a hell of a guy. Well, and he has a skill that some coaches it, it's difficult for some coaches, and that's connecting with your players, especially today, man. Yeah, because you, it is you a have to different era, different generation. All right, it's twelve fifty-six in Edmonton. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update at one o'clock with Eileen Bell because I wanted to hit it right on the nose. Uh, Jody Shelley coming up out of Columbus to tell us how in the heck are the Blue Jackets doing this thing? And then an update from Bakersfield with Jay Woodcroft, the Western Conference first place team heading into the playoffs. I'll have home ice advantage for the first three rounds of the playoffs. Uh, Jay Woodcroft coming up. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.